Hey there MMI fans, it's me, Colin, and as you're probably well used to at this stage, you know when I start the show, we're not getting a regular show, and that's exactly what's happening because poor Emma, I don't know if you've seen on social media, has come down with a case of COVID-19. She's fine, she's recovering well, but unfortunately we have to isolate from each other and she's not able to record uh, an episode this week. Uh, we are not leaving you hanging though. We're going to give you a little sample of what we do over on the Patreon every week. And we are doing a case about the Lady of the Dunes from Murder Most International. So myself and Emma sat down, uh, ironically while well, Sarah Jane was sick, to record this a few months ago. And we think it's a really, really good episode. It's a nice little taster of what we do over on the Patreon. And hopefully it'll keep you ticking over until we get back on track with next week's show. So thanks a lot, folks. Have a wonderful week and we'll see you next week. Sure, we might as well get this story on the road, Emma. Okay. I'm very, very privileged and <laughs> to be here. I'm never in this position. I'm never in the position to be here. I try it. The last time I was in this position, I got very quiet and wasn't able to deal with the, the suffering of the person in question. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, the, oh, okay. what, do you remember what that was? I can't remember, but I know that you were very like, oh, yeah, afterwards. Yeah. This I, is why Colin doesn't really get involved in the I'm not cut out for, I'm not cut out for not this stuff. I do, I do Ed and Lorraine Warren talking about Padre Pio yeah, and all yeah, that yeah. sort of crack. Oh, Padre Pio. <laughs> well, my, uh, the story that I'm doing is actually, as I said to Colin earlier, really relevant because this is a cold case for 48 years. And on the 31st of October, there was a major update on it. So I'd say you guys probably know. Um, I'm doing the story of the Lady of the Dunes. Um, and as I said, major update on the 31st of October. So I decided to do this one. It's a very famous case. Very sad. Um, there's mentions of sexual assault and extreme violence towards somebody. So if that's not your thing, obviously it's not your thing. But if it's something that you're not in a place to listen to right now, please skip um, and my references are from the Cape Cod Times, allthatsinteresting.com, Wikipedia, I got some stuff, NBC Boston, I got two articles. I got an article from Fox News, I'm sorry. Um, I got an article from the Californian, cdncu.com, and the NY Times, a very interesting article in the NY Times. Um, I'll list all of the references. If I send them to you, will you pop them into the thing? I will, yes. So just because the, the NY Times article especially is really in-depth and very interesting. Mm. So, this is the story of the Lady of the Dunes. Let's go. So I'm going Let's to start. do so, it. July 26th, 1974, 12-year-old Leslie Metcalf was hiking with her parents in Provincetown, Massachusetts. The family were on their way back to their car for the drive home, and Leslie was playing with their dog. So, she chased the dog. The dog ran. So, the dog got really excited mm. and bolted, and Leslie chased the dog, the two running out of sight of her parents. Leslie's mum and dad called out to her, and they heard silence. So when they caught up to their little girl, she was standing silent in front of what they thought was a bank blanket laying on the ground, surrounded by sand and grass and dirt. So Leslie's father walked closer towards the mound and he realised with complete shock that it was not a blanket. It was a woman's body. Jesus. The woman that Leslie's found on that beautiful July day would remain unnamed and unidentified for 48 years. She garnered the moniker the Lady of the Dunes and that was until October 31st, 2022. It was like a mere week ago when the FBI finally discovered who this was, was who this woman without a name oh, wow. truly was and her name was Ruth Marie Terry. Oh so gosh. she's been called the Lady of the Dunes for 50 years. They could not figure out who she was and finally they have a name for her. Wow. In an amazing way, which mm. is going to, this what they have done. It's the same thing as the Golden State Killer. Anybody who's committed a crime in the last 100 years, if, of 50 years, if they're not dead, they're going to jail because 
it's it's amazing what they're doing. So Ruth Marie Terry, blue eyed and red haired, was born on the 8th of September 1936 in Tennessee. In a 1940 census, three-year-old Ruth Marie is listed as the granddaughter of Green and Celia Terry. Green, what a great mm-hmm. name. Her siblings were listed as Lois Terry, seven, and James Terry, five. Now, I couldn't find anything about her parents. Mm. Couldn't find a name of her parents. I fucking scoured. I read so many other articles that I just didn't use because I didn't take any information. But apologies, but I couldn't find, I couldn't find the name of her grandparents. Which, to me, indicates a lot of stuff maybe in this family that was going mm. on. That will explain a lot of other stuff that goes on. Ruth Marie left home at a ve- as a very young teenager and at the age of 20 in 1956, she married a man named Billy Ray Smith and he was 25. Ruth became Ruth Marie Smith, but by 1958, the marriage had dissolved and Ruth moved to Michigan. She found work in a factory that made door panels and seats for cars. And during this time, Ruth discovered she was pregnant. She was newly divorced and not in a financial position to raise a baby, so she decided to give her little boy up for adoption. Ruth Marie had met a couple at the plant whom she had befriended and whom she trusted, so she asked them if they would like to adopt her child and they agreed. Which is an amazing way to do an adoption. absolutely. The couple would name the little boy Richard and growing up he would hear stories from his parents about what a beautiful, loving person his biological mother was. That she is always singing. So in 2018, Richard decided he wanted to meet Ruth Marie. So he did a DNA test through Ancestry.com. He found members of his mother's family in Tennessee, but devastation would follow when they told Richard his mother, Ruth, had been missing for 44 years. Oh my God. The family had been searching for Ruth for nearly half a century and had not come upon any information about her disappearance. However, Ruth's family had never reported Ruth as a missing person to the authorities. Which I find so bizarre. 44 years she was missing and they never once rang the police and were like, this girl is missing. They did it. Which, no, which is confuses the fuck out of me. It's the only part of the story that I'm like, well, there's other parts, but I'm like, why would you not report your daughter, your sister, your cousin, your aunt as missing? I don't get it. Like, and then the police are are looking for her, obviously, or not police looking for, but they found this body that you don't Mm. know is related to the fact that your daughter is missing and you're not telling the fucking police. It's very strange. Mm. So Richard began asking questions about Ruth and he learned that after he had been adopted, Ruth moved to California. In February 1974, Ruth married her second husband, Guy Rockwell Muldavon. Okay. So Guy Muldavon was born on October 27th, 1923 to an affluent family in New Mexico. Muldavon spent his childhood and teenage years being schooled in Switzerland, New York and Connecticut, as well as being privately tutored. So very rich people. Not much is known of Muldavon other than he was an antiques dealer and had been married three times before he met Ruth, Ruth Marie. So in 1960, Muldavon's second wife, Manzanita Mearns, and her 18-year-old daughter, Dolores Ann, disappeared in Seattle. As the police searched for Manzanita and Dolores, Muldavon filed for divorce from her, citing desertion, and then immediately married his third wife, Evelyn Emerson. So automatically red flags are going up with this guy. As Guy celebrated his new marriage, the Seattle police carried out further searches on the property where Guy had lived with Manzanita and they discovered a newly constructed septic tank and upon opening it, discovered the mutilated remains of a human body. Uh, Muldavon immediately fled Seattle, but the FBI found him. They found him in Greenwich Village in New York and charged him with unlawful unlawful flight to avoid giving testimony into their deaths. So he was already, they were already like, we're not 
charging you with this yes. because we can't identify the body, but you fled, so you look guilty, so we're Absolutely, coming to get you. Yeah, yeah. At this time, Muldavan was also charged with, quote, fraudulently obtaining $10,000 from the stepmother of his present wife, the former Evelyn Emerson, on the pretense of using the money to buy antiques in Canada. So he robbed ten grand from his wife's stepmother and then they found this body in his septic tank. Now bear in mind this is yeah. a rich white man so what happens yeah. next is not surprising. For the larceny charges Moldavan is sentenced to 15 years in pre- prison but one year later he walked free with the stipulation that he pay back the ten grand to his now ex-wife's mother. Moldavan mm. never stood trial for Manzanita and Dolores Ann's death. As the police tried desperately to link him to the mutilated bodies found in his septic tank the King's County elected prosecutor was reluctant to charge Muldavan because they could not officially say that the bodies that the bodies found there were of his ex-wife and his stepdaughter. They were unable to charge him with a murder without the, a confirmed body of a victim. So they found mutilated body mm. parts in a set, this man's septic tank and were like, because that's not your, we don't know if that's your wife and your daughter and we're not charging you. Mm. So he just walked free. Here you go. I said, so they oh, just ignored I, 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 the dead bodies. presume, because how would they have not been able to just... They wouldn't have been able to find That's the problem. Teeth. Like, and that's the thing. It's, it's the problem with all yeah. of this. Because it happened in the 70s. Yeah. This motherfucker got away with so much, yeah. allegedly, because um, they had no DNA mm. evidence. They had nothing like. Oh. So that's, that's why. So Moldavan also often went by other names and aliases. Red flag. Mm-hmm. Raul Guy Moldavan, Raul Guy Rockwell and Guy Moldavan Rockwell. And in 19- All great names, to be <laughs> <laughs> And in 1974, when he met and married Ruth, she also went by another name. So I don't... Weird. That's very Terry strange. Marie Vizina mm. was the name that she used. This wasn't Ruth's only alias. As she sub- Excuse me. As she sometimes went by Terry M. Vizina and Terry Shannon. So I don't know yeah. what was... Go- There's something else going on here that doesn't make sense. Terry M. Vizina sounds like someone who could have been in the cramps. I, or it could have been somebody that you would... Well, from 80s that wrestling person. Yeah, that Terry like, M. Vizina. Terry M. Vizina. Yeah. <laughs> It sounds like Terry and Fasina. That's what I, I mean. mean. That's yeah. a great uh, that, drag name. Isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Ruth introduced Moldavan to her family a year before she disappeared. So Brittany Novangloski, Ruth's great niece, remembers meeting Moldavan and not liking him instantly. She felt as if Ruth was not herself when he was around. She said, quote, Ruth was almost inaccessible when she was with them. And it was like he owned her, that she was his property. So another member of Ruth's family, her nephew, said he remembered the last time his aunt, he saw his aunt in a hotel room in Chattanooga in Tennessee and she was with Moldavan. Mm. And he said, quote, we never heard from her again. I was a kid. I just remember a big smile and her auburn hair. A lot of that. Why, mm. why were they in a hotel room? What was, it's all very, why were they all meeting in a hotel room? It's all very peculiar. Are the families religious? No. And no. the thing about it is, the only information that I can get is his her niece mm. and nephew. And I, I don't know who her parents yeah. are. I can't figure out. I can't find information on her parents. Mm. And this whole thing of like aliases. Yeah. Why did she have aliases? There's a, like, there's a missing there's part of the sequence there, isn't there? Is, yeah. is odd. I'm not talking, I'm not saying the bad about her family. Don't get me wrong. It just seems there's a lot more going on mm. here than we understand. So Brittany, Ruth's great niece, said that it was um, Muldavan who told them of Ruth's mm. disappearance. So he rang them and was like, hey, Ruth's gone missing. Ruth's father then hired a private detective and travelled to California to search for her. They discovered, well, the detective discovered while he was in California that all of Ruth's belongings had been sold and he was told that she'd fled the state. Right. So that he, your mom was mm. like, no, she sold her stuff and she left me. Once again, mm. this guy is like, oh yeah, my wife deserted me. Yeah. 
So Ruth's family said that although no missing person claim was filed, they did search for her and were doing so up until this year. Makes no sense. Why didn't you file a missing person? That's it. it that's, why would you not find it's really person? really strange that's the only thing about this whole thing I'm like why would you not but that would make me think that they're involved now that they didn't like it's just odd do a missing person now no offence to the family no and this well, is the thing that was the, the first thing that would go off in but my like, head but like right here's the thing right if you I know it's 1974 whatever if you if you were living in Dublin mm. and you hadn't seen your mum in six months and she couldn't get in contact mm. with you and didn't know where you were. Oh my God. Your mum would file a missing impl- yeah. complaint. You wouldn't ring her on a Monday. She's filed it on a Tuesday. Do you that's know what it. I mean? Like Absolutely. that's, so that's what confuses me about this. I mean, maybe other people have information on this that I mm. don't have. Please tell me if you do because I can't figure it out. Um, as Ruth's family searched for her for 12, uh, for her, 12-year-old Leslie Metcalf would be making the grim and horrific discovery that would become the Lady of the Dunes. So they were searching for mm. her and this body was then found. So the woman found died a violent and brutal death. Trigger warnings, her hands had been cut off and she was nearly de- decapitated. Oh the police, police believe this was so she could not be identified by her fingerprints mm. or the murderer could not be identified because obviously mm. she would have been scraping or scratching or leaving her that way. Some of her teeth had also been removed for what police believed was the same reason because they couldn't get dental mm. records then. She was between 20 to 40 years old with blue eyes and her auburn hair was in a ponytail held together by a gold hairband. Her head, which was nearly completely severed from her body, was laying on a bandana and a rolled up pair of Levi jeans Mm. and her toenails were painted pink. So she became known as the Lady of the Dunes Mm. because no one could figure out who she was. So she had a severe head injury and this is what killed her. One side of her head had been crushed in with what police believed to be, quote, a military type entrenching tool. And there was also signs of sexual assault post-mortem. So she was already dead. Mm. So there was significant insect activity in the area and the pathologists were able to surmise that the body had been there for almost two weeks. Police believe that the woman, the woman knew the person who had murdered her as there were no signs of a struggle or possibly that the attack had taken place while she was asleep. Mm. So former Provincetown police chief Jeff Javin wrote, it was a horrific, horrific, brutal murder. And the thing about Provincetown is it's very small. Mm. So they didn't really see these things. Mm. And then for something that also that poor kid who found that body Mm. fucking traumatized for life. So the police immediately began scouring through missing person reports, as well as canvassing motels, hospitals and shelters. They traced every single vehicle license to drive on the dunes and clay models were created to try and piece together what the lady of the dunes looked like as the damage to her face made her completely unrecognisable. And it's amazing because there's some very famous images of when they started doing the clay moulds in 1979 Mm. because they physically bring in a sculptor. Mm. But now when you see claim, when you see those moulds now, they're all done on a computer. Yeah, yeah, but you yeah. can physically see they created mm. a mould and it's, it's amazing. So as valiant, valiantly as the police pursued this case, they were unable to, to identify the woman and the case went cold. So this is 1974. So as with any unsolved mystery, speculation began around who she was and who could have murdered her. Some believe this to be the work of James Whitey Bulger. Can we just say, mm. Jamie has... Two very famous people with the same name as him. Yeah. That's, a murder that's, child and a mob boss. That's bad. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> Jamie. <laughs> Jamie just encapsulates the mob boss more than really? the murder child. Really? I, I, I could see I could see I could Jamie totally being see Jamie a mob, be a mob boss. boss yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Yes, just, are, uh, uh, just do them, yeah, just do them. Yeah, they're all me money, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Boulder was a contracted mob killer who was known to remove the teeth of his victims. Mm. So as I said, remember her teeth were mm-hmm. missing. However, a proper connection was never made and Boulder died in jail in 2018. He didn't do it. Mm. Another bizarre conspiracy theory that sprang up around the Lady of the Dunes, Sarah will like this, came from Joe Hill, who's an author and the son of Stephen King. Mm. Hill believed that the Lady of the Dunes had been an extra in the Jaws movie in 1975 because it was shot about 100 meter, miles away really? from where they were. Whilst watching Jaws, he spotted an extra wearing blue jeans and a bandana mm. similar to that which was found with the Lady of the Dunes. Hill brought this to the attention of the police and although this lead was investigated, ultimately it was seen as outlandish and incorrect. The most funny part about this is it was 1975, everybody was wearing jeans and bandanas. But that guy like properly put this up and and everybody on Reddit went mad Mm. and everybody was like, oh my God, it is her. It was absolutely not her. Like, So the Lady of the Dunes was buried in an unmarked grave and the tombstone read, unidentified female body, found at Race Point Dunes, July 26th, 1974. So in 1980, it's so sad. Mm, it is really it's sad. sad. Yeah. In 1980, the body was exhumed for blood samples in the hopes this could be matched to somebody in the missing persons database. However, it was unsuccessful. Mm. So although the case was cold, police and detectives, as well as the re- residents of Provincetown, never forgot about this poor, brutalised woman. And in the year 2000, with the massive progression in science... Since she had been found, the body was once again exhumed, but this time for DNA. So this shit started kicking in now where DNA became a very valid way of figuring out something that had happened. So law enforcement had received a strong lead from the mother of Rory Jean Kessinger. So Rory Jean Kessinger was a criminal and a drug addict. She was in jail. She escaped jail and ran away. They couldn't find her. So this woman heard about her mother heard about this woman that was found in the dunes and she was like that's definitely my daughter I know it's my daughter so with her mother believing the lady of the dunes may have been her missing daughter the police took a saliva sample from Rory's mother but the DNA was not a match so obviously it wasn't her in 2002 Guy Muldavin died so this is the guy Mm. that I suspect yes in his home age 78 Muldavin had continued to live a relatively normal life and had become a radio, radio personality in California for his show on KAZU. 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 With me, Guy Muldavin. <laughs> the Californian did a profile on Muldavin in a 1985 issue with the headline, This Guy Can Gab. <laughs> so the article read, Muldavin has introduced programs dealing with homosexuality, the erosion of culture and his belief that killing has become a habit. Mm-hmm. He said, I have worked with you through the Santa Monica Police Department and I've worked with people who are having a harder time in life. So this is what he told the newspaper. So the last quote on the article read, if people can imagine, really feel the end of discrimination, the end of hunger or the start of world peace, then it can happen. If you start to create things, they can really happen. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, he was like burning the gays as well. At the same time, he was uh, he had murdered his, ex- his ex-wife yeah. and her child and put them in a fucking septic yeah. tank and then murdered this other woman, clearly. So Muldavin's obituary ran in the Californian stating that he died from a lengthy illness. He was survived by his fifth wife, Phyllis. Unfortunately, uh, Phyllis didn't die. Mm. He didn't get to her. This is it. So in 2013, another exhumation of the body occurred and more DNA was taken. Once again, case ran cold. And that was until last week. That's crazy. Okay. 
So mm. in 2019, the Golden State Killer, Joseph D'Angelo, was arrested and convicted for over 50 rapes and murders he had carried out in California in the early 70s. Do you know who the Golden State Killer is? Mm. I've heard, I've heard. It's very, very famous. And he fucking did a rampage through California mm. in the 70s. He raped and murdered mm. women, men and children. Like he was a horrific, Jesus terrible Christ. human being. They couldn't catch him. And then they caught him in 2019. Really? D'Angelo was caught through a relatively new method known as forensic ge- genetic genealogy. Oh. So this is a definition of it from Wikipedia. Investigative gen- genetic gene- genealogy or forensic genetic genealogy Jesus, is the emerging practice of utilizing genetic information from direct consumer companies for identifying suspects or victims in criminal cases. As of September 2021, the use of this practice has led to the discovery of over 150 suspects of murder and sexual assault. The investigative power of genetic genealogy revolves around the use of publicly accessible genealogy databases such as GED Match, Family Tree DNA, or what's that other one? Um, Um. One two, one two, not one two three. What is that? Um, one one um, everybody in Ireland uses. I can't remember what it's called. I don't know. Ancestry dot com. Something like that. Yeah. So when GED Match, for example, mm. users are able to upload their genetic data from any direct consumer company in an effort to identify relatives that have tested a company's other than their own. Mm. So basically, what's happening is people are putting their shit up on these websites and being like, "Oh, I wonder who's related to me," and then. Government, because they're allowed, because mm. there's no law against yeah. this. Government and and uh, police are coming through and going, put this DNA that we have that we're trying to figure out who it is, put it up here and see can we match it. And they're matching relatives. Wow. That's and then crazy. the relatives that they found, depending on how they're related yeah. to them. So like a father to strong D- DNA will be much stronger. Mm. They're able to pinpoint who actually did the crime. And that's how they found that's D'Angelo. Crazy. Because one of D'Angelo's nephews, I believe, put his inf- put his DNA information up really? on the genealogy website. Crazy. And they found the fucking Golden State Killer Spirit. Wow. Which they could not find for 50 years. So if you're in your family, you've done a crime. Yeah. Yeah. Or, well, do you know if if you want justice done, <laughs> yeah, go be getting your DNA. Get, get your done. DNA up there. But if you if you if you if you're the type of person who's like, you know, family stick together. Don't put your DNA. Then don't up put there. your DNA. Don't put your DNA up there. Yeah, be happy with the family you have. And people have been a lot of people have been kind of saying, you know, where does this stand with human rights and ethics? Yeah. If you are selling your information to a third party yeah. company and you are clicking a little box that says you can do whatever you want with mm. this information, you don't stand anywhere. You don't stand anywhere. And this is why it's being used. So the FBI had begun to use this method in the hopes of solving as many cold cases as possible. And following the success with the Golden State Killer, they decided to try and solve the Lady in the Dunes. DNA had been extracted from the Lady in the Dunes Mm -hmm. skull. This built a profile and then this was then compared to DNA uploaded by the public onto genetics websites. By comparing the samples, the forensic genealogists were able to find relatives of this Lady in the Dunes. That's amazing. Various members of her family, including her son, who she adopted out, had uploaded their information to a genealogy website and there were numerous hits. So imagine 50 years you're trying to find this fucking, who this woman Mm. is. You put DNA on a website and they're like, here's all our relatives. That's crazy. Like, it's fucking insane. 50 years they were trying to find out who this poor woman is. How did they still have her DNA? Because they they keep DNA, they don't throw it away. They collect it. Also, the third time she was exhumed, they took her skull. Would it survive for that length? Yeah. Really? They took her skull the third time. Mm. So they had her skull, so they took it from the bone of her skull. Science is amazing. Amazing. So they had finally discovered who this woman was. They were able to give her her name, and her name was Ruth Marie Terry. 
The police contacted Ruth's family and Ruth's son supplied DNA, which was a direct match for his deceased mm. mother. So then they were like, yep, it's her. Ruth's niece, Brittany, said it was just earth shattering to know that somebody so beautiful and so loved and so bright was taken like that. She was just brutalised and left that way with no dignity. It's very, very sad for us because she was up there for 50 years all by herself. Mm. The police did not immediately mention Guy Muldavon as a suspect, but on November 3rd, they released a statement seeking more information Mm. on him. Michael D. O'Keefe, the district attorney for Cape Cod, told the press, quote, it's very likely that the person who did this is dead, but they may not be. And so the message to them, or if they're still out there is, we're coming. Ruth's family maintained that Muldavon being the culprit would make the most sense to them. Mm. After learning about the case involving his ex-wife and stepdaughter, they said, quote, knowing what we know now and seeing it, it would be very shocking if it wasn't him. It was 100% him. him. <laughs> the man has a record of this. Like he, he walked away from a double homicide, mm. got a year in prison for stealing 10 grand and then just lived the rest of his life. Also, I, re- I heard just after I was Googling something there, he's also a prime suspect for another two murders really? of two 17-year-olds. Jesus. But he's dead. Mm. The police are in FBI are now focused on finding out who cut Ruth Marie Terry's life so short. Her son, Richard, who had only discovered who his mother was and then discovered that she had been murdered, said, quote, Everybody that I talked to who knew her adored her. I wish I could just have talked to her or touched her once. So that's the story of the lady in the dunes or Ruth Marie Terry, which is her actual name and how uh, her son of a bitch ex-husband husband was able to get clearly I, I don't care who was he murdered her he 100% murdered yeah. her is, is that a Patreon thing we can say yeah he fucking murdered her no we're not on the main thing nobody's going to he murdered her um, unless no he did it I just the whole circumstance surrounding her disappearance yeah. is so bizarre to me because why the fuck would you not why unless I know some fam, there's some stuff going on in families where they don't want to get the police involved because sure. there could be other things going on and I get that but if your daughter goes missing contact the yeah. fucking police I know they're useless but at least it's on the fo- it's on the database. Do you know what age she was when she went missing? What age was she? Yeah. 25. 25. And that's the thing, it's on the database. That's crazy. Like that's the that's the thing and the reason they couldn't find her yeah. for so long was because she wasn't on the missing persons yeah. database. If they had rang up and been like she's got auburn hair, uh she's got blue eyes, she went yeah. missing here, this is what she looks like, this is her weight, this is her height, they could have done something. Mm. But because they didn't do that, I'm not victim shaming. It's awful. It's yeah. been 50 years and that yeah. girl has been in an unmarked grave for 50 years after being brutalised in that manner. But do you know what? It, it, like in America, like, you know, families do strange things in America. Like, you yeah. know, if you ever watch, like, 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 what's that fucking thing? Um, uh, taking a, what was the, what was the one where the, the father was like, Oh, the guy gave him the handjob. Yeah, you know they're making a TV show of that now. Oh, geez, yeah, they're making a TV document, TV, TV dramatization. What of was it. the name of that? Oh, I can't. Taken in plain sight. Taken in plain sight. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 that like stuff like that. Like stuff like that. No, I'm not saying her family were doing anything. No, like no, that. but they, but like in in certain American families, that you see in documentaries, they're just like, oh, they're 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 so utterly passive because yeah. they don't want to know like, oh, well, this was happening 
to our family. Exactly. And maybe that's yeah, what it our, was. Our daughter, oh, let's say, I don't know, not to say this is a true thing at all, but she could have been like, maybe she was on drugs. Maybe she was something doing something else. else. On, maybe yeah. she was fiddling around with a married fella. Yeah. Uh, and they were like, oh, she's gone missing, but like, you know. We're not, we, just, we're not, we'll find her. We'll find her. If she's gone missing, she was a runaway anyway. And, you know. Yeah, because she left home when she was very young. There are things that add up when you're reading the story. Yeah. But what frustrates me the most, what frustrates me the most is A, their daughter was killed and family member was killed, which is horrible. Mm. But if you had had her on the fucking missing person database she would have been found she wasn't that far away from where her family were like they they were a plane right away Mm. auburn hair blue eyes like that's you know what I mean like that's that's very prevalent it just frustrates me but I am gonna 100% say give fuck he killed her Absolutely. Okay, yeah, well, like, I don't know enough about, the sto- about him <laughs> to say it uh, either way. Well, this guy can gap. He had a radio show. Yeah. Which is what reading is his the, name? Uh, Guy Muldavin. Guy Muldavin. But reading the article that the Californian wrote about him, he just was like, yeah, peace and love, man. And it'd yeah. Be, motherfucker, they found dead bodies in the newly built septic tank at That's the back it. of your gaff. And then your wife went missing and you cited desertion yeah. two days later and married another woman. And now you're being your name is also involved in the murder of two 17 year olds and then your next wife ends up dead in a beach with her head caved in that's it and her hands cut off like that's that's beyond violence that's beyond violence and then the sexual assault after Mm. as well is almost really telling of the type of person that he was Um, also he was a real like he was brought up on a really wealthy really and you know those people just turn out weird yeah they just fucking turn out weird but also it's like ask the amount of people who after we the story like how many episodes have we done a hundred let's say let's say a hundred stories if, if you take if you put if you put all of the specials and everything and then put the picture we've probably done about a hundred stories well you've probably done about a hundred stories mm-hmm. um, and the amount of them where the fella fiddles around with the body afterwards it's fucked man very high ratio I think it's fucked yeah. like and um, when I read that I was like come on yeah. like Jim what's the why why are you doing like the girl's head is caved mm. in like and you know this is the this is what I mean by how violent it was uh, her head was partially decapitated from strangulation so Jesus. he partially decapitated her head either with his hands or with like a rope that's how hard yeah. he was choking her and then the cutting off of the limbs and the sexual assault either after is really mm. violent and very personal yeah do you know what I mean he did it I'll give a fuck sue me who's gonna sue me you're dead motherfucker this is it Phyllis managed to live somehow you can kill her Phyllis Muldavin in, in fact she went on to, to be in Downton Abbey she did but yeah I will put the links to the episode or the articles up because they're very good and the New York yeah. Times one is really in depth and really sad because that poor guy was adopted he went looking for his yeah. mother found her then discovered she was missing for four mm. years and then discovered she was fucking murdered, murdered. You know, that's so it's that's hard. Crazy. But anyway, that's the story. But Please read in more about it if you want to, and more about the forensic genealogy because it's fascinating. Well, well again, I'm terribly traumatized. Thanks I'm sorry. <laughs> also, I'm sorry for not going too in depth into the forensic genealogy. It's just very depth, in depth mm. and long, and I didn't want to bore the fuck out of you. So. No, it's 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 okay. Um, and there's a really fascinating article I'll put up about it on this as well. So, so folks, thank you so much for listening, thank you for listening. in. Um, Sarah Jane will be back next week. We hope. God knows where she is. <laughs> She, she's away somewhere. She's off. She's off in, in the in the in the sand dunes of Longford. She is. She is. She Old is. woman Sarah. She's a slight. It's like. Isn't it mad that like Longford is now where people go? Yeah. Because that was not a thing. That was not a thing. You back, didn't go to Longford. You fucking left Longford. Uh, uh, and now all these richy riches yeah. are down there. Fucking no, no, no. 
what in Longford? Our friend Eva was driving through. Uh, uh, we were going there doing to a wedding in Mayo, and she says, um, "Longford, uh, haven't been there in years." It's a bit rough looking, isn't it? And I was like, yes, it is a bit rough looking. Is there anybody from Longford on this apart from my friends and my sisters and my cousins? Let me know. Do you imagine if the Madfield that used to live in the... What do you call him, McGuinness? Imagine if he was listening. Who? Your man, the Madfellow who lived in Longford. Remember we, like, we told oh, the story that shock. McGuinnesses, yeah, we told the story Fuck, of this before. man, that... Yeah. We imagine. didn't tell that story before. We did, we, no, we told it on the Patreon. Oh, did we? We did, we told it on the Patreon. Fucking it was the Christmas loon. story. I went we, in one day with Kerry so we were going in to buy uh, keychains with our names on and he fucking threw us out. This is it. Fucking mad bastard. Um, I remember he he locked a whole load of uh, cash lads <laughs> inside the in the place because they said one of them was shoplifting and they trashed the place. Oh my God. <laughs> they, he, threw, they threw something it's still there. through the window. Yeah, but I, I don't think he's... Under new management. <laughs> under new management. I think he's... Fucking like, <laughs> okay, case. Unfortunately, if, if he has passed away, then he's passed away. But uh, he was a... He was a he was a bit of a loon. Yes, but anyway, in the archives, some sort of Patreon Christmas special. We we, we talked about that. We talked about about Mr. McGuinness and the drunk Santa Claus. He's fucking lunatic. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you everybody for listening. Thank you for still supporting us. We really fucking appreciate it. And I'm not being facetious. We do. We really, we really do. It. We really do. Uh, Colin said Sarah will be back next week, and we'll have more stuff for you. I'm very sorry this is late. It's my fault. Yeah. Uh, I was meant to have the story done Monday. I didn't. Then Collie was away yesterday, so mm. I'm very sorry. Um, and I'll try to be better. You do, I want to try and get a tagline for you know how Sarah says her happy Christmas yeah I'm going to go keep on murdering no 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 we can't do that what can we use <laughs> cancelled immediately cancelled done well done. catch you on the flip side catch you on the flippy flop yeah. thank you right. everybody bye bye everybody Why, 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 why